Thank you for downloading and listening to the Briam Bible Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Briam Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.bereanshoreline.org. I want to invite you to open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. And before we read, let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for another week where we can gather as your church and worship together. We thank you for this privilege that we have to to worship freely and openly, and we pray that it's not a privilege that we will take lightly. Uh, Give us uh, hearts that are aligned with yours, that as we read this morning, that our desires and our loves will be shaped towards the things that you desire and you love. pray this in your name. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6. We are coming to a close of our, of our study through Ephesians. And so we're going to be reading in verses 18 through 20 this morning. Paul writes, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak words, whenever I speak, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly, as I should. Now, as, you, as we read that, does anybody have an idea of what this passage might be about this morning? Jim, you don't, get, you don't count. <laughs> anybody? Prayer, yeah. Look at that. Uh, pray in the Spirit with all kinds of prayers. Uh, pray also, or keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given to me. And pray that I may declare it fearlessly. Prayer, 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 prayer. Three verses, he talks about prayer. He instructs them to pray four times. And then there's a fifth, uh, he gives the disclaimer, all kinds of prayers that we're supposed to be praying at all times. So three verses, we get pray, 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 pray. So this is what we're going to talk about this morning. And I want to begin with a little story that will lead us towards the, the title of the sermon this morning. Uh, my, my grandfather... Trainer Hansen with an E-N, if you notice your bulletin, it's an E-N, not an O-N. Uh, he, I remember one time the, the family was gathered for some meal and, and he uh, let us know after the prayer that my cousin Jimmy, now Jim, but cousin Jimmy, uh, was praying with his eyes open or had his eyes open while he was praying. And my grandpa knew this because he was watching him. Uh, and, and this is what I want to talk, talk about this morning, praying with our eyes open. This is something that we, uh, I don't know if, where, this, where this came from, but this is not something that we do. We, from, from a little child growing up in church in Sunday school, you, you fold your hands and you close your eyes and you pray. And this is how we did it. And I think part of me wonders if, if, part of, if the Sunday school teachers taught us that so that we weren't hitting each other. You know, you get your hands together, your eyes are closed, 
So you're not distracting each other. You're not hitting each other while you do that. Uh, there's something there's something to be said for praying with your eyes closed as as a way of of blocking out those things that distract you. Right. Um, but but obviously you can pray with your eyes open that you can pray in any posture that that you choose. Um, a lot of people I know pray on their way to work. And this is a time where I would encourage you, if you're especially if you're driving, pray with your eyes open while you <laughs> while you drive. Um, but this isn't exactly what I what I we're gonna we're gonna be talking about metaphorical eyes here, and it's gonna it's gonna be great. Uh, but but as we talk about prayer, um, I think I'm I'm struck by the the fact that I don't think I'm alone in this. That there's a lot of us that when when the discussion of prayer comes up, there's there's a little bit of hesitancy because there's maybe some guilt. That maybe we feel like we don't pray as often or as well as we should. Am I alone in this? No, I got some, I got some, I got at least one shake of the head. No, um, I, and there are some people. There are some people who 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 engage in prayer very well. Um, but but I think for a lot of us, we know we're supposed to pray. And we read a passage like this one for this morning that says, pray, 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 pray. And we think, ah, yeah, he's going to talk about that. And, and I already know that I don't do it well enough. Um, and, and I think, and I want us to, to think about this. I think one of the reasons why we don't pray as often, it's, it's intimidating somehow. Because um, maybe we do know people who pray, pray well or, or maybe uh, people who pray out loud very well. You know the, those people, and you think well, you have to. If you're going to pray, you have to say the right words, and you have to you have to do it the right way. And and the reality is that that's not true. That it's it's a conversation, and that prayer is just it's it's your own voice. You shouldn't take on the voice of somebody else when you pray, but you should be bringing yourself before God in whatever way that's possible, whatever way that's necessary. And sometimes it's valuable to to pray prayers that people have written. And to make them your own in the same way that lots of times we sing songs that other, we sing songs that other people have written and we make those our own. Prayers can work that way too. But as we talk this morning, I want us to think about our own prayer life and the way that we pray as, as a church and as individuals. How, how do we pray and, and why don't we pray the way that we should? And I think one of the, one of the reasons, and there's probably a lot of them, but at least one of the reasons that we don't pray the way that we should is because we don't recognize what Paul has just been talking about in Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, we, we don't recognize what is happening in our world and, and what we are a part of and what we are involved in. If you notice in my translation, as I began reading, verse 18 begins with the word and. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Uh, if you have... Uh, a translation like the ESV, you're coming right in the mid-sentence. It begins with, or verse 18 begins with praying in the Spirit. And it's, it's part of the sentence that's, that came before. And this is actually how it works in the Greek. That this isn't, this isn't my, my Bible has a new paragraph that begins with and. My English teacher taught me that's not allowed, but um, apparently Paul could get away with it. Or the, the NIV people could get away with it. And pray in the Spirit. It's part of what's just come before. What, what Paul is talking about, how we are to be praying and what we are to be praying about, comes with what 
what just came before. So let's back up all the way to verse 10 and look at, at what is it that we are praying about and what, what is this thing that prayer is happening. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, after you have done everything to stand, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Paul invites the Ephesians to enter into prayer with the knowledge that there is a battle going on. And that prayer is the means by which we are taking up the armor of God. And so this idea, the, the, the translation that the ESV uses is great. Praying in the Spirit on all occasions. That, that it's, it's through our prayer that we put on these elements of the armor of God, that we begin to engage with the fact that there, that there is evil happening in our world. And it's in our prayers that we begin to acknowledge and, and interact with God about what that evil is and what we are called to do as a result of it. Um, I want to show you, this is not the only place where Paul talks about this or where, where the New Testament talks about this. So... Um, you, this is from First Thessalonians, you are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. Did you notice this, the same idea? He's, Paul says in verse 18, pray with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. And Paul is saying here, wait, be awake, be alert. We are not those who are asleep, but we are awake, putting on faith and love as a breastplate in the hope of salvation as a helmet. That, that it's in our prayer and it's in our alertness that we engage the evil and the darkness with the light that we have. This is Peter. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. I wonder if Peter, when he's writing this verse, is is thinking about his time in the garden with Jesus. Where Jesus' instructions to Peter were, keep watch and pray. And Peter says, be alert and of sober mind. Why, Why are we supposed to be alert? So that we may pray that that oftentimes i don't know maybe sometimes i end up praying as i'm going to sleep anybody do this you're you're laying in bed and and it's oftentimes prayer that puts us to sleep and yet 
the opposite is what what Peter is telling us that that it's actually to be alert to wake up to be have a sober mind so that we can pray that we are praying with our eyes open watchful for what is happening in our world aware of the darkness that is happening in our world and bringing light and we do that as we engage in prayer and then finally Peter says be alert and of sober mind your enemy, the devil, prowls around, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Paul invites us to pray, and Peter invites us to pray in watchfulness, in awareness of what God is doing in the world and what the enemy is doing in the world. That prayer to God engages us in the battle. Gives us eyes to see that things, as we talked about this morning in, in our Sunday school class, that things are not all good. That evil exists in our world. That sin and death and violence and hatred are part of our world. And that we are invited as, we've, as we talked about as we've moved through Ephesians, we are invited to bring light into the darkness of our world. That we are called to bring light into the darkness of our world. And as we pray, God shapes us into people who are ready to engage in that battle. That we become aware that our enemy is out there trying to destroy and devour us. And as we pray, Paul says, we are picking up the armor of God. That we are, are engaging and preparing ourselves to engage in this battle. And the reality is, uh, a lot of times we, we think of that language of, of spiritual warfare and and Sometimes our modern minds don't know what to do with that. That, that we think, oh, well, that's, that's a great image. It's, a, it's a kind of a metaphor for the thing. That, but, but Paul isn't speaking metaphorically here. That, that we are engaged in a conflict. That God is engaged in a conflict with evil. And that, that he, he will win this conflict someday. But, but right now the conflict is still happening. And this isn't just sort of a picture. This is, this is true. And if we fail to acknowledge that this is true, if we fail to acknowledge that we are engaged in battle, what happens is we are losing the battle. Because we're not prepared. We're not watchful. We're not awake. We're not alert to what's happening. And so if, if we act like everything is okay, everything is good, there's evil doesn't really affect us, doesn't really have any say in this world, then we are not engaging the evil that is in our world. And so Paul calls the people, the Ephesians, to prayer uh, in a way of calling them to understand and to see that things are not the way they're supposed to be. But, but this is important. Paul has said, our battle is not against flesh and blood. In other words, if it's got flesh and blood, it's not the enemy. And this is really important as, as we think about 
this, this battle and this struggle that, that exists in our world between light and darkness, between good and evil, between God and those things that oppose God, Satan and his forces. That, that the people are not the enemies. That the people around us that may seem to be opposed to God, they themselves are not the ones we are struggling against. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. But it is against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so Paul invites us to pray. And prayer causes alertness. Prayer wakes us up to the fact that things are not right. And alertness keeps us in prayer because when we see that things are not right, we, we realize that we need to pray, that we need to engage God in these things. And if you aren't alert, you're not aware of danger, and you don't pray. And so I think one of the reasons, as I was saying at the beginning, I think one of the reasons why we don't pray is because we are not aware that prayer is called for. We're not aware that, that we have a role to play in engaging this battle that, that is happening. And we think, well, God's going to take care of it someday. And so we are just sitting back and letting it be in God's control. But God invites us to pray and to engage the battle today. God invites us to be a part of bringing light into this dark world today. And so he calls us to pray. And this... This is what Paul says is the primary way in which we engage the battle. We've taken up the, all the armor. What do we do with it now? We begin to pray. We begin to pray. And this feels really counterintuitive, doesn't it? It's like, okay, uh, we get ready for battle. We've got all our armor on. And what do we do? We march into battle? No, we, we pray. And it feels like, well, if, if all I'm doing is praying... I'm not doing anything, right? Like, I, I should, no, I shouldn't pray like that. That feels like I'm just sitting there. And yet, for Paul, it's, it's in the act of prayer that we realize that it's not up to us to win the battle. But that it's, it's up to us to engage God in the battle. And to allow Him to use us the way that He chooses. But it, it comes not with with deciding what I need to do, but it comes with asking God, what are you calling me to do? And so prayer begins to engage God's heart. It begins to, to learn and to understand what is it that God is on about? What is it that He's doing? And what is He calling us to? And so He says, verse 18, He says, Pray in the Spirit on all occasions. And if we jump back to verse 17, what do we learn praying in the Spirit is? Uh, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So one of the things that this prayer looks like is a prayer in the Spirit, which is, which is aligned with the Word of God. So as we pray, we pray not just whatever we feel like praying, but hopefully our prayer lines up with what God's Word is saying we need to be engaged with. And so we pray 
reading the scriptures, learning about God's heart, learning about what God is doing in the world, learning about his character and his nature, learning about the things that he cares about. So that, it, so that it's not just we pray and we engage the things that we care about, that, that we're concerned about, the things that worry us, but that we allow the things that God cares about be the things that we care about. And that as we do so, we engage this with humility, learning who God is, learning His character, learning His nature. So the first aspect of, of prayer, the first thing that we do uh, this prayer looks like is is prayer aligned with scripture according to the scriptures reading scriptures humbly and allowing it to shape us that's not just well i just pray whatever i feel like but we pray what the scriptures call us towards secondly as we pray according to the scriptures as we as we pray with the sword of the spirit in our hands we begin to get an eye towards what God is doing in the world. And then we engage those things. We engage those things that God has a heart for. But then we also call God in our prayers to remember His faithfulness. To remember His promises. To remember His mission. That we begin to engage God and say, God, this is what you have said you are working towards, and I don't see this in this situation, in this situation, in this situation. You, have, you are working towards light and forgiveness and hope, and this seems very dark and unforgiving and hopeless. What are you going to do about it? And the scriptures are full of examples. We, again, we talked about this in our Sunday school class this morning. The scriptures are full of examples of people who, who do this with God, who say, God, this this is what you have called, called us towards. And this is what I'm seeing. And so what are you going to do about it? And the Psalms are filled with prayers of people who say, God, this is not right. Where are you? And something about that feels wrong to us, I think. We feel like, well, we can't question God like that. God's in control. But nowhere in Scripture do we, say, do we see God saying, how dare you question God? me and call me to act in this situation you don't have the right maybe job would be the closest but even job god god engages job in his questions he doesn't just say job i'm going to strike you dead because you asked me that question no god god invites us i mean again and again from from abraham all the way uh, through the old testament into the new testament god invites us to invite him towards his faithfulness. God invites us to remind him of his promises. And so part of what happens in prayer is that we, as we read scripture, we learn what God is about and begin to act according to what God is about. But part of what happens is we learn what God is about and we, we have the privilege to invite God to be more about that. And to engage with him and to talk with him and say, God, this is what I want to see and I don't see it and yet this is what you have promised. Please act faithfully. We call God towards his faithfulness. And this feels, this feels sort of 
strange and, and we're not, I don't think we're used to that very often, but, but this is what the scriptures invite us to. That we, and again, it's not whatever we want, but it's, it's what the scriptures have taught us God is about. And we begin to engage with what God is about. And then Paul gives some specific types of prayers as well. First he said all kinds of prayers and requests in the Spirit. But then he also says, pray, first of all, for all of the Lord's people, all of the saints, that, that in our prayers we are praying for one another. And, and that we are praying for one another. We, we do this well, I think, uh, with, with our prayer requests, with our needs. We have every week in our bulletin, we have several prayer requests that we have opportunities to pray for our brothers and sisters in this community who are, who are struggling, who are hurting. But part of this prayer and this invitation to prayer is to pray for each other as we engage our world. And I wonder, how often do you, do you pray for one of your peers, pray for one of your, one of your neighbors, one of people sitting next to you in church, for them as they are going into their workplace as they travel into the world and engage with the forces of evil in our world? Do you pray for one another as you, as you enter into your schools, as you enter into your workplaces? Are you praying for others around you that they may be a light in the darkness? Paul invites the Ephesians, pray Keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. Keep on praying. And then finally, he asks for prayer for himself. Pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly, as I should. This word, my translation has fearlessly. This is a really uh, multifaceted word, and it's, it's really it's pretty fascinating to think about. This idea of fearless comes with this, but really it comes with, if you, those of you that are familiar, some theology, the parousia, um, the appearing, the second coming, is, is this idea of, of parousia. It literally means appearing. And this is, this is where this word comes from. It's, so it's not just pray that I may proclaim it fearlessly but it's it's this idea of revealing open and so pray that i may declare it this idea of fearlessly comes through because it's it's without any fear of hindrance without anything that that's keeping it shut in this is where we get the idea of fearlessly but it also just means openly boldly clearly and so part of what paul is asking is is for boldness to to preach the gospel but part of it is, is for, for clarity as he proclaims this message. For openness. That, that he can do it and he can, he can make it known clearly and openly without anything blocking the path. Without anything getting in the way of this message of the mystery of the gospel of God. And this, this idea of this mystery we've, we've looked at in Ephesians. This this reality that, that God is forgiving and accepting all people, Jews and Gentiles, equally in Christ. 
that this is the message in which Paul is asking, pray that I may proclaim this fearlessly, boldly, openly, clearly. And the reality is, a lot of times as we seek to proclaim the gospel, we don't necessarily proclaim it very clearly or very openly or very fearlessly. Sometimes as we proclaim this message of God forgiving and accepting all people, we put barriers in place. Well, God is forgiving and accepting most people, but not those people over there. Or God is forgiving and accepting of all people, but first, before you, before you do that, you really have to kind of get, take care of this part of your life before God is really going to accept you. Well, you have, you have these sins that are really, I mean, we all sin, but this sin is, is a little bit worse. So before God's going to forgive you, you need to, you need to really deal with that. And we put barriers in place of this gospel in which God is inviting us to receive his grace without any barriers. That God is breaking down the dividing wall of hostility between us and God, between us and one another. And that it's an open invitation to all. And Paul says, pray that I may proclaim this clearly. Pray that I may proclaim this openly. That I may not mix my words up so that, so that some may hear my message and say, oh, I guess that's not for me. I guess I, I don't quite match up. I don't quite measure up to receive that. Or I, 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 don't know, I don't know if I'm quite ready because of this and this in my life. And so is, is God really accepting me? And Paul says, pray that I may proclaim and make known this mystery of the gospel of God accepting all people equally through his grace. Pray that I may make that known so clearly so that if there is anybody who thinks, well, God couldn't possibly forgive me, that through my proclamation of this message, they will know God forgives even me. And so Paul invites us to engage God's world. He invites us to see that we have been called to bring light into into darkness. That there is evil in our world today, happening outside of our doors, happening inside of our doors that we are participating and that we are in, engaging with people who, who practice, practice evil, who practice sin, that think not everything is right in the world. And so he calls us to engage in prayer. And this prayer demands that we are watchful, that we have eyes to see that things are not right that we are alert to the ways that, that we ourselves are not living according to God's will, and we are alert to see that our, our world is not functioning the way that God desires it. And it, gives, and it de- demands that we have sober minds, watchful in our prayers.
so that we, as we engage this battle, may proclaim the word of God clearly, fearlessly, boldly. That this message of the gospel is for everyone. It's for you. It's for me. It's for everyone outside of our doors. It's for our hurting world. And we pray with eyes open to see this world for what it is, but to see God's heart for this world for what it is as well. Let's pray. And you can keep your eyes open if you want. Uh, God, we are so uh, awestruck by this message of your grace, a grace that is for us, that, that we have received forgiveness despite all of the sin that we know is a part of our lives. And that you love us despite those things. God, give us eyes to see and ears to hear what is happening in this world. Um, the darkness that, that we sometimes engage in. The darkness that is happening down the street from us in our neighborhoods. God, give us hearts of light, of compassion, of kindness, of humility, of forgiveness, and of grace. So that we may be your hands and feet, that we may be your light into the darkest places of our world. Pray this in your name. Amen. As we go, um, I want to, uh, I hope that, that in what I've said, I've made clear, and it's my prayer, that I have made clear this message of the gospel. If there's anyone here today that, that has not received and accepted God's grace, may you know that God accepts you just as you are. That this forgiveness and this grace is for you. There are no barriers. Uh, maybe Christians you know or churches that you've experienced have, have put up barriers and said, if you want to receive this grace, you need to do X, Y, Z. But it's not true. All you need to do is say yes and receive it. It's my prayer that you will, if you have not done that, do that today. That you know the forgiveness of our Savior. And it's my prayer for all of us that we may proclaim that message openly, fearlessly this week as we go into our world, that we may engage our world with prayer and with our eyes open. Have a good week.